Hello, welcome to Yoga for Latter-day Saints, a podcast where we discuss ways to improve worship using yoga practice. Today, we're going to do something different. We're going to summarize the things we've learned so far using quotes from the most recent general conference and how these teachings help us to become better disciples of Jesus Christ and improve physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. First of all, we are children of God. Elder Mark A. Bragg said, Knowing who we are and being true to our divine identity brings calm. Joseph Smith taught, If men do not comprehend the character of God, they do not comprehend themselves. We are divine sons and daughters of a loving Heavenly Father. We truly are divine spiritual beings having a mortal experience. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf added, We are God's spirit sons and daughters. We have limitless potential. We are destined to become glorious beings of goodness, grace, and truth. The memory of our time in God's presence is veiled over, along with the knowledge of who we really are and who we can become. And Elder Neil L. Anderson said, You have lived with your own individual identity long before coming to earth. Our Father created a perfect plan for us to come to earth, learn, and return to Him. He sent His beloved Son that through the power of His infinite atonement and resurrection, we live beyond the grave. And as we are willing to exercise faith in Him and repent of our sins, we are forgiven and receive the hope of eternal life. Next, by understanding our own true nature and putting off the natural man, we can transcend our mortal limitations and find peace. Every person who embarks on the journey of spiritual growth will start at different points, but what matters most is where we are headed. As we progress, we must recognize that our future is not determined by our starting point, but by the choices that we make along the way. It's in this process of becoming more that we can turn our paths toward heaven with the help of our Savior. However, we need to remember that our perception of reality is limited by the physical and mental restrictions of our bodies, as well as our past experiences and biases. And these limitations can result in cognitive distortions, which are flawed ways of thinking that can negatively impact our emotions, behaviors, and decisions. Even though the ultimate goal of yoga is to achieve a state of stillness and pure awareness, the mind will will continue to produce thoughts and mental fluctuations caused by the distractions and stresses of everyday life. To overcome this, it's important to cultivate a clear and accurate perception of reality, free from biases and prejudices. By recognizing the limitations of our mental constructs, we can begin to cultivate a more accurate perception of reality. By developing discernment, the ability to distinguish between right and wrong knowledge, we're able to make informed choices, deepen our connection to God, and ultimately find greater peace and happiness. President Bonnie H. Gordon adds, We live in a fallen world with distractions coaxing our eyes and hearts downward instead of heavenward. The adversary creates so much noise that it can be difficult to hear the Lord's voice. Our world, our challenges, our circumstances will not get quieter, but we can and must hunger and thirst after the things of Christ to hear him with clarity. Elder Del G. Renlin says, We have a natural flow to our lives. We tend to do what comes naturally. With heavenly help, we can do seemingly unnatural things. After all, it is not natural for us to be humble, meek, or willing to submit our wills to God. Yet only by doing so can we be transformed, return to live in the presence of God, and achieve our eternal destiny. We can choose whether we yield to heavenly powers or go with the flow. 
going against the flow may be difficult, but when we yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and put off the selfish tendencies of the natural man or woman, we can receive the Savior's transforming power in our lives, the power to do difficult things. Elder Evan A. Schmutz says, If we trust the doctrine of Christ, we will set aside the shiny things of the world so that we can focus on the Redeemer of the world. We will limit or eliminate time spent on social media, digital games, wasteful, excessive, or inappropriate entertainment, the allure of this world's treasures and vanities, and any other activities that give place to the false traditions and misguided philosophies of men. It is only in Christ we find truth and lasting fulfillment. President Russell M. Nelson says, Charity is the antidote to contention. Charity is the spiritual gift that helps us to cast off the natural man who is selfish, defensive, prideful, and jealous. Charity is the principal characteristic of a true follower of Jesus Christ. Charity defines a peacemaker. When we humble ourselves before God and pray with all the energy of our hearts, God will grant us charity. Those blessed with this supernal gift are long-suffering and kind. They do not envy others and are not caught up in their own importance. They are not easily provoked and do not think evil of others. Next, discipleship. Discipleship begins when we arrived at a point in our lives where we're ready or prepared to embark on a journey of spiritual growth. We must approach our practice with discipline and a willingness to learn. President Corden says, many faithful people in the New Testament had anxiously awaited Christ's coming. Then they stepped from their fields, workbenches, and dinner tables and followed him, pressed upon him, thronged him, and sat with him. Are we as anxious to witness for ourselves as the multitudes in the scriptures? Are the blessings we seek less needful than theirs? There is power in making these holy habits less of a checklist and more of a witness. The process will be gradual, but will grow with daily, active participation and purposeful experiences with Christ. As we consistently act on his teaching, we gain a testimony of him. We build a relationship with him and our Heavenly Father. We begin to become like them. And Elder Rinland adds, Let us be mindful of the Old Testament commandment, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. To our modern ears, this sounds like a prohibition against irreverently using the Lord's name. The command includes that, but its injunction is even more profound. The Hebrew word translated as take means to lift up or carry as one would a banner that identifies oneself with an individual or group. The word translated as vain means empty or deceptive. The commandment not to take the Lord's name in vain can thus mean, you should not identify yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ unless you intend to represent him well. We become his disciples and represent him well when we intentionally and incrementally take on ourselves the name of Jesus Christ through covenants. And Elder Ronald A. Rasband says, True discipleship is unfailing commitment, obedience to eternal laws, and love of God, first and foremost, nothing wavering. Non-attachment is commonly associated with relinquishing our attachments to external things, such as material possessions and desires related to them. However, as we talked about last time, it also pertains to our internal states of mind and emotions, as well as our prejudices, biases, and beliefs. Elder Ulysses Suarez says, We often see people who engage in negative and even derogatory comments about the perceived characteristics, weaknesses, and opinions of others. 
mainly when such characteristics and opinions differ or contradict how they act or think. During his earthly ministry, the Savior's teachings focused not only but particularly on the virtues of love, charity, patience, humility, and compassion, fundamental attributes to those who want to become closer to him and promote his peace. Such attributes are gifts from God, and as we strive to develop them, we will begin to see our neighbor's differences and weaknesses with more empathy, sensitivity, respect, and tolerance. One of the most evident signs that we are drawing closer to the Savior and becoming more like him is the loving, patient, and kind way with which we treat our fellow beings, whatever their circumstances. As we pursue and develop these attributes, we will become more and more cordial and sensitive to the needs of our fellow beings and will experience joy, peace, and spiritual growth. Undoubtedly, the Lord will recognize our efforts and give us the gifts we need to be more tolerant and patient with one another's differences, weakness, and imperfections. Furthermore, we will be better able to resist the urge to take offense or offend those who hurt us. Our desire to forgive, as the Savior did, those who mistreat or speak evil about us will surely increase and will become part of our character. And Elder Vern P. Stanfield said, it is often a temptation in our world and even within the culture of the church to obsess about perfection. Social media, unrealistic expectations, and often our own self-criticism create feelings of inadequacy, that we are not good enough and never will be. Some even misunderstand the invitation of the Savior to be ye therefore perfect. Remember that perfectionism is not the same as being perfected in Christ. Perfectionism requires an impossible, self-inflicted standard that compares us to others. This causes guilt and anxiety and can make us want to withdraw and isolate ourselves. Becoming perfected in Christ is another matter. It is the process, lovingly guided by the Holy Ghost, of becoming more like the Savior. The standards are set by a kind and all-knowing Heavenly Father and clearly defined in the covenants we are invited to embrace. It relieves us of the burdens of guilt and inadequacy, always emphasizing who we are in the sight of God. While this process lifts and pushes us to become better, we are measured by our personal devotion to God that we manifest in our efforts to follow him in faith. As we accept the Savior's invitation to come unto him, we soon realize that our best is good enough and that the grace of a loving Savior will make up the difference in ways we cannot imagine. I've learned, however, that just as perfectionism is not the same as being perfected in Christ, self-comparison is not the same as emulation. When we compare ourselves to others, there can be only two results. Either we will see ourselves as better than others and become judgmental and critical of them, or we will see ourselves as less than others and become anxious, self-critical, and discouraged. Comparing ourselves to others is rarely productive, not uplifting, and sometimes downright depressing. In fact, these comparisons can be spiritually destructive, preventing us from receiving the spiritual help we need. On the other hand, Emulating those we respect who demonstrate Christ-like attributes can be instructive and uplifting and can help us become better disciples of Jesus Christ. And lastly, effort is required to progress. This involves a commitment to the practice even in the face of difficulties or distractions. Elder Suarez says, The scriptures affirm that those who practice works of righteousness and strive to walk in the meekness of the Spirit of the Lord are promised the peace they need to survive the days of commotion in which we live today. Elder Uchtdorf says, Satan will oppose you, distract you, try to discourage you. 
But every child has received the light of Christ as a direct line to heaven. And the Savior will help you, guide you, and encourage you. Seek his help. Inquire of the Lord. He speaks to you with a still, small voice, not a voice of thunder. He healed Naaman, not through some great thing, but through the simple, repeated act of watching. The children of Israel enjoyed the Feast of Quail in the wilderness, but what kept them alive was the small and simple miracle of manna, their daily bread. You may not see the immediate effects of your efforts, but don't give up. All things must come to pass in their time, the Lord said. Wherefore, be not weary in well-doing, for you are laying the foundation of a great work. Jesus Christ will bless and magnify your consistent efforts. Elder Schmutz says, Like the wise man in the parable who built his house upon a rock, when the rain descends and the floods come and the winds blow and beat upon the house you are building, it will fall not, for it will be founded upon a rock. Jesus did not speak of the possibility of rain and flood and wind in our lives. He spoke of the certainty that storms will arise. The variable in this parable is not whether storms will come, but how we have responded to his loving invitation to both hear and do what he has taught. There is no other way to survive. And Elder Carl B. Cook said, The God of heaven and earth will help us overcome discouragement and whatever obstacles we encounter if we look to him, follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost, and just keep going with faith. Thankfully, when we are weak or incapable, the Lord can strengthen our faith. He can increase our capacity beyond our own, regardless of the size, scope, and seriousness of the challenges we face in life. We all have times when we feel like stopping, leaving, escaping, or possibly giving up. But exercising faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ, helps us overcome discouragement, no matter what obstacles we may encounter. I hope that you've already seen some improvement in your daily practice since you've been listening, and I hope that you've become more self-compassionate as well. The practice today is another breathwork practice, box breathing. Box breathing is a simple breathing exercise that can be used to reduce stress and anxiety, calm the mind, and improve focus and concentration. First, imagine a square. We're going to begin at the bottom left corner and inhale deeply for a count of four. Then hold for a count of four as we progress across the top of the imaginary square. Exhale for four down the right side and hold for four as we go across the bottom. So let's do that together. Ready? Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. You can adjust the count as needed for your comfort and make sure to breathe slowly and deeply throughout the exercise and try to keep your breathing pattern even and steady. You can practice box breathing anytime, anywhere, and it can be especially helpful during moments of stress or tension. As we finish up today, I want to thank you for listening in and remind you of the words of Elder Uchtdorf. Building faith is somewhat like helping a flower grow. You cannot tug on the stem to make it taller. You cannot pry open the bud to get it to blossom sooner. And you cannot neglect the flower and expect it to grow or flourish spontaneously. What you can and must do is provide rich, nourishing soil with access to flowing heavenly water. Remove weeds and anything that would block heavenly sunlight. Create the best possible conditions for growth. Patiently make inspired choices and let God work his miracle. 
the result will be more beautiful and more stunning and more joyful than anything you could accomplish just by yourself. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to get in touch through the Yoga for LDS Facebook page or email at yoga, the number four, LDS at gmail.com. 